Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Rankable Live. I'm your host, Garrett Sussman, Demand Generation Manager at Rank, And I'm really excited to be joined today by Simo Ahava. Simo, oh man, I have interacted with this gentleman, this, this master of tag management for the past few years. He's been in the industry and does um, kind of all sorts of data analytics and tracking um, he's recently started a new business called Simmer, which is these online courses all around, you know, GA4 and Google Analytics and Tag Manager server side tagging. It's really excellent to see him kind of put his own spin because he, he's an excellent educator. He's worked with CXL in the past, uh, Conversion XL doing their courses. And so we are going to talk today about Google Tag Management, uh, bringing it into your organization, privacy, consent. Simo, big intro. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Good evening, everyone. It's it's it, we're already. It's quite dark outside in Finland, actually, right now. I know. I, I it's it's so tricky because some of my favorite people in our industry are in Europe, and the time, you know, we recently did a webinar. Uh, Mike did with Wright. You know, same sort of thing in right. Germany, and it's like you always have to adjust. But then in the U.S., you also have like. I'm on the East Coast. We've got the whole three hour, you know, it's 7 a.m. on the West Coast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so they'll catch it later. But I'm excited to to dive in and talk uh, Google Tag Manager, specifically uh, server-side tagging. But before we start, uh, tell me a little bit about Simmer. You, you started it at a weird time, didn't you? Yeah, it was uh, like many levels of weird. So we started it one year ago, actually. I think it was 1st of December that we incorporated it. And, um, and we had, our, thank you, our, our daughter was one month old by then and the pandemic was, you know, full, full swing. So it was certainly not a time when people would consider this to be a good, you know, good place to let's just turn our lives around and start a new business. Um, but I think that first of all, it's bootstrap, it's strapped. So we don't, we don't worry about outside funding. So we, and we had, you know, I haven't, I have another company, a consultancy company that had enough Kind of could could fund the initial initial couple of months that it took to get the um, business rolling. But Simmer is an online course platform, so it's kind of an extension of what I did for CXL for so many years and and other um, other uh, services as well. Where um, I'm, I'm not going to say we do anything differently or that there's something very unique about it, but it's the kind of courses I wish there had always been, uh, specifically like super kind of technical marketing focused as little fluff as possible so everything we kind of teach has to be instantly reproducible on your own computer and that's that's it's been very task-based and very bite-sized as well because i noticed that um the pandemic has seemed seems like everybody's taking courses right now everybody's online all the time but the attention span is just getting shorter and shorter and shorter there's just so many different things to pay attention to so we wanted to make sure that you could kind of when you grab a coffee, you can watch one video. When you when you take a break, you can watch one video. When you go home, you can quickly watch a video on the, on your mobile phone or whatever. And so it's been um, it's been a fun journey. Um, we had very low ambitions initially. We we had a certain amount of subscriptions that we wanted to have so that we validate the business idea. And if and if we didn't get those, then we'll say that okay, goodbye. This was not a good idea. Let's just ditch it and go back to our old lives. Um, and we blew past that um, that target. Our our yearly target we blew past that in the first couple of hours that we had our, <laughs> had our sales on yeah so we had a it's it's been an enormous it's been a great success um, 
and I'd love to know why. I have no idea, except I, I imagine the content is good because people are giving me good feedback. But I, I genuinely have been completely floored um, by the attention we've received without actually doing that much marketing other than uh, sending a couple of newsletters here and there. But I think it's also a testament to the fact that people are looking for this type of this type of education. So very focused, very task-based, very um, topical as well with, with things like server-side tagging and, and BigQuery was the other course that we had. So it's it's been weird. It's been good. Um, I'm... I, I hate to say this during this in this time, but it's been a really good year. Uh, I, I feel ashamed of saying that because I think that we should be kind of all in the doom and gloom of of the pandemic. But um, it's been a really good year for us, and I'm very, very happy. I'm very proud. I'm very humbled by the attention that we've got with Simmer. No, congrats! I mean, it's awesome. I mean, to your point, it's like you did this all in the heat of the pandemic. You're you're you had you had your daughter. Like that's nuts. Like having having a kid and building a business, but I'm with you 100%. Like that's the one thing about that I love about your content is like the nuts and bolts, the actionable people all do learn so differently. Um, you know, you, you have some people who want to like listen to these, these videos on 1.5 speed because they're like too busy where you have other people who need to repeat. Like I struggle with audiobooks cause I'll listen, yeah. I'll lose my train of thought and then I'll have to go back and, and like re-listen yeah. to a section again. So this bite size makes so much sense. And it makes it actually in a way doesn't surprise me that you had so much success early on because in this industry it's there's so much about reputation and you've established mm -hmm. over the years and years of doing this as the reputation of an authority in the tag management space you got into web development in a really funny way tell us about your first website right so uh the the, the setting is my friend's um bedroom we were we were teenagers 13 years old um, or preteens, I guess, and and it's 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 his bedroom, and um, he's got a new new computer, maybe even a Pentium. I can't remember exactly, <laughs> but but uh, but uh, one of those ones with the big big monitor, anyway. So no flat screens or no laptops, and um, he had just learned the basics of HTML, and and he taught me like the basics as well. So this, this is this is 1997 that we're talking about. And we started coding a website, and I was a huge notorious BIG fan back then. Um, and and Biggie had just passed away or or been murdered, uh, yeah. <laughs> a while ago, and so he was very top of mind back then. And and we decided to do like a fan site for him, and we built it on GeoCities. Uh, I still remember <laughs> the address is geocities.com slash lounge slash sunset strip slash 6790. Um, I'll yeah, remember that to the day I die. Um, and so we built that. We built the website. We built it with Notepad and and um, just copied all the content from other websites like Verbatim just did a copy paste. Because so we, responsible, Simo. Come exactly. on, man. <laughs> I'm getting. I just. I'm, I'm getting to the moral of the story soon, but it, it worked. And, and you know, we, of course, we didn't um, intend for it to become public or anything. So it was just that's why we had no problem with plagiarizing content. And um, maybe we didn't even understand how the internet works that well back then either. Um, and anyway, we we built the website. We added some pictures. We added a stat counter, the kind of precursor to JavaScript. Exactly, and. Um, and then we did some really questionable stuff, which which today wouldn't fly. Like we we recorded uh, a WAV file 
that when you open the site, it plays. And, and we basically, I said something like, um, yo, this is Notorious B.I.G. Welcome to my website. And then I slowed it down so it sounds like uh, like an what an overweight, yeah, like it would sound like, yes, yeah. exactly. So it's it's like the the blackface equivalent of audio. So very very <laughs> controversial today. But again, we we're 13 years old, by the way. So anyway, so so I, I did this and um, we published the site, and I think I think we did add it to a couple of directories like Yahoo and AltaVista and those. And then in like a couple of months or so, I start getting like a lot of feedback through the website where people are approaching me as if I was really uh, Biggie Smalls. And, and they were like, yo, I love your site. I hope you're, I hope you're good in heaven and all this like really weird stuff. And I, it was creeping me out. I thought that I, because I didn't know what spam was. And I, I thought that it was something just like a bug or a virus. And then I went, to check the site and you know the stat counter was showing something ridiculous like you know three or four million hits and i was wondering like what the hell is going on and then then we did some digging and we found that we were like in the top three of yahoo search for notorious big when you literally just search for that name wow and so so plagiarism really really uh, paid off and <laughs> and i guess that if we had back then understood things like banner ads and affiliations and stuff like that we probably could have made a big buck, but we didn't know anything about that stuff. And um, I also think I, I I think I misplaced the GeoCities login and was just unable to ever edit the site again um, because I would have definitely taken my email address away from it because I was getting like hundreds and hundreds of emails a day by the by that time. So that was my that was my introduction to three things. That was an introduction to web development, um, which instantly hooked me. Like I had been programming with with um things like pascal and c and q basic was actually my first language oh, cool. um when i was when i was much much younger actually and uh, but but html was so easy and it was so trivially simple to create something with it and then it was an introduction to analytics because um the stat counter let me also see with the ip re resolution like where these people came from and what what go, like geolocations they were coming from okay. and then it was also in hindsight it was an introduction to search engine optimization because you know i i in it in it you know unintentionally i had shot to the top of these rankings just by uh, stealing content and making sure that there was a lot of um, directories that my I, I wouldn't work with Google these days anymore, of course. But back then, it was it was kind of revelatory. It's <clears throat> it's it's an awesome story. It, it taps into so many different aspects, and it's so interesting from the early web and how different all the paradigms are. But yeah. it is a perfect segue into the topic, especially with the the plagiarism, is the idea around you know kind of responsibility with content, responsibility with now privacy and consent. But before we dive into that, you've been kind of an evangelist of server-side tagging and kind of bringing up data awareness within an organization. What are your thoughts on kind of where we're at at larger companies in terms of being able to use server-side tagging and why is it so popular? Well, that's. I think it's um, it's kind of a counter movement for now, uh, as more and more people and more and more organizations are realizing that the devices that we use and the browsers that we use and the clients that we use just aren't too reliable anymore, uh, for many reasons. Some of them are completely justified and some some less so. So so we we just can't trust 
uh, as as uh, trackers or analysts, we can't trust that the browser tells us the full picture anymore. We, we've never been able to trust in the full picture, but but at least we've been able to trust that we get a representative sample. But but with all these um, um, browser tracking protections and and privacy legislation, much of which is, like I said, is is very very welcome indeed. There's been a, a kind of a counter movement to moving more and more logic away from the browser, away from the client, so that it can't be kind of tarnished by this uh, myriad of different means for for preventing that type of type of data gathering. And so, server-side tagging is it's it's like when we talk about Google Tag Manager, for example, it's definitely not a new technology. These types of proxies have existed for ages. And, and reverse proxies and, and analytics servers. But as it's Google, the, the catch is that it's super simple to set up and, and quite cost efficient as well. So it's, and the, and the irony is that it's, it's especially the larger companies that really need it. Like, but they are the ones who have invested so heavily into their data, but they're also probably the most difficult ones to persuade to actually take part in this. Partly because they're, their setups are so complicated and they have so much legacy and so much technical debt that moving all of that logic um, to the server would be uh, just, it's just an enormous task. But but as a technology, it's, I'm, I'm not going to say it's the future of tag management, but it is a very, um, I think it's a very probable way for a majority of, of tag management users these days to at least complement their existing tracking with it. Maybe not replace it, but to complement it with it. Yeah, and so and so it it makes a lot of sense, and it is to your point very challenging in a larger org where you do have you know the revenue drivers of some executives yeah. who have the legal you know um, yeah. governance of others. You have you know just the you know web developers and and site speed and things like that. Yeah. How do you? What is your? So what are some of the benefits, the pros and cons of server side yeah. tagging um, at that level? Sure. Um, so the, the the clear pros come like out of the box. The the main pro is that it's first. You can turn your data collection to first party context. So instead of sending having the browser send requests to you know Facebook.com and Google Analytics.com and AdForm.com and DoubleClick.net, um, which which introduces a lot of problems because direct communications with third parties introduce additional vectors for attacks and for data leaks and 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 um, breaches. Instead of that, the the browser communicates with your server-side endpoint. So it communicates with a subdomain of, of the website that is sending the request. So let's say you're running teamsimmer.com and you want to do analytics, you would send the data to analytics.teamsimmer.com, where a server-side tagging setup would then take that data stream and then dispatch it to vendors through the server. So you're basically moving the, the dispatch logic away from the browser communicating with third parties to the browser communicating with first party. And that's, um, in many ways, that's actually a huge thing. I think that most people, unfortunately, mainly see it as a way to circumvent ad blockers because right. ad blockers are, uh, their heuristics to target the, the domains that the browser communicates with. So while facebook.com would be on every single ad blocker block list, uh, you know, analytics.teamsphere.com wouldn't be because it's 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 not a risk risk domain. At least I like after this webinar, maybe it will be. So <laughs> ignore if you're working for ad blocker block list, please ignore everything I've just said. Um, so that's that's for many is the USP, and it's it's actually one that I've been actively trying to fight against. I I think it's 
first of all, I think it gives service eye tagging a very bad reputation because it's, um, uh, I consider it to be somewhat of a black hat tactic. I think if a person wants to block data collection, they have the full right to do so. And if the site you know, that I'm visiting, let's say I have an ad blocker in my browser, I'm using Brave, which I know to have very robust ad blocking. And then I find out that the sites that I visit are still collecting data from me, even though I'm very clearly signaling to them, I want to block this. And it's just, it's, I, I will feel ethically, you know, abused. I, I don't, I don't feel like that's, those sites have the right to do so because I have specifically chosen this technology to prevent them from doing so. There are some nuances and some gray areas there, but that's, that's the gist. But right. the same logic of, of, um, ad blocking can actually be interpreted in a good way as good manner as well because moving everything to first party lets you improve the security of the website the website no longer needs to communicate with potentially dangerous third parties and things like um you know content security policies which dictate what domains the site is allowed to communicate with no longer need to make exceptions for facebook.com and googleanalytics.com they can they can just be as strict as possible and then the browser will only communicate with the first party so this this notion of first party is just super important. That's that's kind of comes out of the box when you use server side tagging. Yeah, it, it makes it makes a lot of sense, and I think it's it is hard for marketers to hear. Like yeah. I think it's the reality is, and and you've talked a little bit about this in the past. Is we are moving to a privacy first world, whether it's through you know government intervention and regulations, whether it's in you know the the EU or you know here in the states in California. There are, you know, requirements and responsibilities, and we don't need to get too philosophical, but you, you almost wonder if that's the impetus that's going to get implementation of these types of um, technologies into these large businesses, or will it be like, because it's the right thing to do, or will it be, to your point, the security aspect of, you know, we are less likely to be breached with and have control of our data? Yeah, that's the that's it, it really becomes a question of messaging and, and how you how you build the rhetoric because the same like as like you know the same technology can be used for good and bad. It's it's really just a question of application at that point. So, you know, if I if I had to turn um, an organization's head around, I would certainly focus on the first party collection aspect. Like having control of those data flows is just super important. Like you can still send data to Facebook, but instead of the Facebook's JavaScript library or SDK going rampant in the user's browser, collecting whatever the hell it wants, using whatever cookies it likes. Because the data passes through your server-side tagging endpoint, you have the final say of what Facebook will actually receive. You can strip all the personal data from it. You can completely obfuscate the user's IP address. You can remove anything that's fingerprintable. You can you can add salts to your hashes. You can so you can secure the data like 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 wouldn't be possible in the browser. And I think that's a very powerful message. And um, so from a privacy point of view and from a data security point of view, you have an additional level of control here that prior to this paradigm wasn't possible. Like in the, in the browser, when you load a JavaScript file in the browser, you know, you give them full privilege. They can do whatever they like. Um, so that's, that's always been a huge risk in my view. But at the same time, the, the, the other side of the coin in this is that when you move data collection logic to the server, it is behind a veil. There's no visibility to the browser at that point. There's no way of knowing what happens in the server. So it's kind of the, the Vegas rule, which I mentioned in a, in a podcast episode of mine, that you know what happens in the server stays in the server. So as a, as a user, I visit a site 
and you know an uh, uh, a eu friendly constant pop up shows up and i say no i do not allow you to send any data to facebook and then you know if i'm tech tech savvy i can take a look at the network requests and i can see that okay there's an interesting looking google analytics request going to the server but i don't see any facebook requests but i have at that point i lose control because when that google analytics request is dispatched to the server with the server side tagging set up the server side tagging could be configured to take that google analytics request duplicate it and then send it to facebook so as a user i have no way of validating whether or not that organization respects my um, decisions about privacy for example it's it's completely opaque to me whereas if it happened in the browser i could clearly see that no the browser is not communicating with facebook.com so i can i can kind of trust that at least superficially they're not doing anything um, that I didn't give them permission to. So that's the, for me, that's been a huge struggle. And that's kind of the biggest struggle I currently have with server-side setups is what to do about this lack of transparency. And I, I have a couple of things in mind and I'm, you know, talking to the GTM engineers whenever they I have their ear about this, because I think this needs to be solved. Um, and, and I think that, well, EU legislation, for example, never gets too particular. It doesn't doesn't spell out specific technology. It tries to be broad and general, which of course leads to a lot of debate about interpretations. But in this case, I, I do think that um, server-side will or should get called out specifically. And certain transparency mechanisms need to be introduced um, because I have no reason to trust the site that it does right by me without giving me a way of auditing that personally um, to make sure that they are actually, um, you know, obeying my consent wishes and, and things like that. It's it's really interesting, especially when you're talking about Google and you almost wonder what sort of like philosophies go throughout the organization, because we've seen that trend with search, right? Like recently you're seeing Google actually trying to put more transparency about where the information's coming from. Um, like they're adding like about this site information in the search results. So you would think that, the GTM engineers, you know, that's some of the developers, that's something that hopefully they are considering, like giving more control for the user, because it's not like the browsers are going to necessarily going to be able to have any, you, to your point, there's the veil, it's the, the Vegas rule. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to say, because on, on, on the one hand, uh, one of the wonderful things about server-side setups is that the the organization owns them. Like they're not, they're, you're not renting anything from Google. Um, yeah. You are you are using a Google developed library and, and a dependency, but the setup itself is yours. So the ultimate responsibility is with you. You know, if if you if you if you burn your hands, you can't point at Google and say that, you know, it's their fault they didn't give me the tools to do this. You're you're called, you're you're accountable, and Google isn't, uh, at least to a point. But um, um, and and then there are restrictions like there's only so much that um, even you know GTM can do at this point because we are talking about a very fundamental part of the client server architecture of the web. There's just that's the whole point of a web server is that it's encapsulated. It's you know it's that the client doesn't have visibility to it, so that the web server can be used to do store credentials and and um, you know process very secure information. Um, but there are certain mechanisms that could be built, such as um, browser extensions that can directly read the responses back from the server and, and um, um, other things like that. Um, so it's, and I, I do think that this is top of mind for Google because it is, it is somewhat of uh, a friction 
mechanism to for growth because many companies might be wary of adopting it precisely because it's very difficult to manage those privacy mechanisms. Um, but having said all that, I, I still think that the scales are tipping in the favor of server-side tagging actually being a, a, a net positive for privacy and security, even with this extremely important and huge consideration um, about the lack of transparency. It, it makes sense. And so, so tying it back to getting your organization to implement it, do you would so based on security and privacy being the main value driver, would you say the security, you know, and the IT departments are the best advocates, evangelists for it? Or do you think it should come from the marketers? Or where in the org do you think will have the best chance of of getting in the ears of the C-suite and being able to actually make actionable change? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I, I Well, GTM has always been kind of a multidisciplinary tool. Like it's 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 been actively marketed as a marketer's tool simply because it just reduces the time to market for so many things that previously required a lot of more del deliberation. Um, but I, I've never accepted that. Um, I, I, I don't think it's, it's if it's just a marketer's tool, then it's a dangerous tool. Not, not because marketers are inc incompetent, but because it builds this um, myth of a silo within the organization that just needs to do marketing and doesn't care about anything else. Um, and, and so many horrible things can happen when you're in a rush to implement something through GTM and it breaks everything. Um, and, and with server-side tagging, obviously, the risks are smaller because it's not running in the browser, so it's not going to destroy your site or anything like that. But you can still inadvertently collect a lot of um, unhealthy data and, and, and have those security problems. So I, I think that server-side tagging only um, enforces this idea of a multidisciplinary tool in that ideally you have the IT on board because they're going to love the fact that they can increase the security of the site. They're going to love the fact that, they, that you have a stopgap preventing those third-party uh, JavaScript libraries from from you know doing mayhem on the site, and then um, the UX folks are going to love it because it has some obvious performance um, benefits as well. Um, and then uh, analysts will of course love it because it gives you more quality data if you if you build it right and so on. So there's a there's a there's a lot of people who can who can sign the document that this is something we should invest in before it's taken to the C-suite, and and I I personally think that it's a joint effort and and. E if you can get the legal team on board um, with all the caveats that we've talked about so far, then it's an even stronger argument. The the folks who might have something to say against it are, um, you know, your your cloud infrastructure team, um, especially if you need to build it, um, in a, in a different tech that they they want they want to use. Uh, they might be invested in AWS, but you you want to install it on Google Stack or something similar. And then obviously the the treasury because it's it's it is a cost um, and and there's some cost involved. It, it's not an insurmountable cost, but it's a cost nevertheless that previously didn't exist with GTM. It, I, such a great kind of checklist and and kind of roadmap for how you'd want to think about it. If you are the evangelist in your org and you want to get all these other stakeholders involved to get it across the finish line, obviously the bigger the organization, the harder it is. Yeah. One thing is we do get to the end, I want to touch on what you mentioned briefly. And I'm curious, since we do have a lot of SEOs who, who you know listen to this podcast and we're obsessed with performance and core web vitals, to what extent does server-side impact the speed of the website, or does it not? Is that a factor when it comes to web development and tagging? Um, yeah, I, 
it's it's there's no like I can't say it's it's a it's a positive impact on performance. Like that's that's an yeah. that's that's not a valid answer. It's it can be a positive impact on performance. Certainly, out of the box, it isn't. It's it's out of the box. It simply redirects uh, requests from one endpoint to another. And in fact, those the server side endpoints that you that you do use can actually be slower than the uh, counterparts with which the browser will regularly communicate directly with. For example, Google CDNs are super fast, like Google Analytics CDNs are super fast, Facebook CDN is super fast, but your server-side endpoint can be very slow because you've been a cheapskate and you didn't uh, pay for those uh, huge instances that offer de deliverability. Um, so, so out of the box, no, but but when you start the the performance main performance gain of server side is that you get to you can consolidate data streams. So let's take take an example of um, uh, I make a purchase in an e-commerce store, and now the e-commerce store needs to report that purchase as a conversion to all these different um, vendors such as Facebook and and you know Google Ads and DoubleClick and so on. And they all need to know that a purchase happened because that's how they measure that do those ad were those ads effective. In, in, the, in the regular browser, this would mean that the same information, event equals purchase, order ID equals ABC, revenue equals you know, $15, that same information is sent to multiple different endpoints. Uh, of course, they first need to download the endpoint libraries with, through their CDNs. And it's almost always exactly the same information, just, in a, just a bit different semantic coding around it. With server-side tagging, all you need to do is send a single request. Uh, that, and event purchase value 15 um, uh, order ID ABC. You send that to the server container and then the server container uh, spreads it out to all these different vendors. So you reduce the amount of computation that the browser needs to do just to do a trivial conversion request. You reduce the number of JavaScript libraries that need to be loaded. You reduce the number of HTTP requests and their redirect chains. So if, if you instrument it correctly and if you instrument it like really deliberately, it's, it can be a huge performance boost on the site because if you look at like Lighthouse audits, it's like JavaScript resources are the main blockers. Right. Um, for Core Web Vitals, not maybe not so much because it's it's a different set of metrics that it's used. It's it's more about the page experience. But if you're using GTM to um, do a lot of like top heavy things that deliberately slows down the um, you know the the time that things are painted on the screen, then obviously it can be a benefit for that as well. But um, at least with the current Core Web Vitals uh, metrics, um, this probably isn't that impactful. But for the clinical um, page load time, which, are, which still are very important, I think people forget that there are other metrics than just Core Web Vitals today. Um, it is certainly can be very, very impactful. And, and as such, it's a, it's a very good exercise to undertake if you do server-side tagging, is to start looking at how do I combine all these data streams and reduce the amount of fluff um, that the site site requires just to send a simple conversion event. I, th I think it's it's really interesting. I think that you have been an awesome evangelist for this. I'm you know seeing you all over the place talking about server side, and I hope that continues. Obviously, there's a great course on Simmer that people should check out. Whether they want to start you know understanding it themselves so they can help their team and advocate for it, or just actually getting in there. Um, Simo, thank you so much for joining me. If, if someone wants to find you online, uh, what's the best way to get in touch? Well, I'm, I'm kind of notorious for being a, a, a notorious no-lifer and, and just being all over the place. Um, so there's a lot of communities you can find me in, but I think the best one is definitely Measure Slack. 
So um, we'll probably be able to add it to the show notes, but yes. there's a there's a huge Slack community of almost 20,000 people, um, all data geeks, geeks and um, analysts and, and marketers. And I'm very active there. Um, and other than that, I, I have a Twitter handle, Simo Ahava. Um, and wait, what's that? Yeah, LinkedIn. No, don't don't follow me on LinkedIn. <laughs> okay, LinkedIn is a cesspool, and I'm trying to get rid of it, but I just I'm too addicted to the horribleness of it all. But um, yeah, so so Twitter and, and measures like definitely, and TeamSimmer.com is where you can find our 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 little um, online course course shop, and we certainly do have a service side tagging course uh, open for enrollment right now. That's that's awesome. So thank you so much. So definitely find Simo, join the Slack group. We'll have the the link in the show notes as well as on the blog post. Uh, check out Simmer. Like I said, like if you've ever taken a Simo course, it is so actionable, so understandable. It's very clear, and, and the bite size kind of format just really works in in this like attention. You know, everyone trying to steal your focus. 2021, almost 2022. Uh, that's it. My name is Garrett Sussman, the demand generation manager for iPoll Rank. Uh, just one last time, thank you so much for joining me, Simo. This has been awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great chat. This is great. Okay, see you all later. Next week, I'll be joined by John Doherty. We'll be talking about how to hire a marketer uh, Thursday back to our normal 1.30 p.m. time, and then we'll take a break for the rest of 2021. This is Garrett with Simo signing off for the Rankable Live. Catch y'all later. Bye.